Hello and welcome to the RylaCast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla, Rotary District 5810. My name is Greg Tepper. The My co-host for the evening is my co-host on every evening. I don't know why I said for the evening. I don't know why I specify that. He is my good friend, the man they call Josie, Andrew Utz. Well, hello, Greg. I was like, I wonder who's co-hosting today yeah. when you said that. Um. So we, uh, so I'll, I'll be honest and if I can just pull back the curtain of, of how uh, we record these podcasts. Um, so normally what we do is we record the interview and then we record the other, the other segments. What? And yeah, yeah I don't know. If, I hate to give all that away. The podcast magic. <laughs> Ooh. Um, but so we recorded a great interview with Meg Jones and you're going to hear this in, in just a few minutes after we get done blabbering on. But what, what, what it, it struck me because I, I mentioned you as like, okay, Though it's a it's a Meg Jones sandwich, and now we're going to record the bread, and it always makes me upset whenever people confuse that metaphor. Like if they're just saying like, "Oh, it's a compliment sandwich," like the compliment sandwich is that's wrong. That's like when they say, "Oh, you do a compliment, and then like a constructive criticism, and then a compliment." No, that's that is not how that works. <laughs> like if you take bread and then turkey and then bread, it's not a bread sandwich. <laughs> Okay, so you say that I'm gonna I'm gonna give away part of a movie. Have okay. you seen Lightyear? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, my my three our three and a half year old Hank um, mm-hmm. wants to see it, but he but somebody at school told him that it was a little scary, so we haven't. Oh, okay. Well, I hope Hank cover your ears if you're listening to this. Spoiler. There's a there's a I won't I won't spoil the whole thing, but there's a a, a sandwich example that's just totally turned upside down it, it's rethought the way it's made me oh. rethink everything about sandwiches it makes me so mad like <laughs> it, it's like because people you know there people will say like oh it's a such and such sandwich like you know like if they're if me and my brother were taking a photo with somebody else like somebody would say oh it's a tepper sandwich it's like no it's not it's tepper bread you're the meat <laughs> <sighs> Anyway. I did not know you were so passionate about it, this. It, it makes it's... me so mad. Anyway, this is the RylaCast, the, uh, the the official podcast of Camp Ryla, Rotary District 5810. I promise you we're normally more calm and normal. Well, we're normally more calm. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, uh, coming up in just a little bit, as I've given away, we've uh, we've got a great interview coming up with Meg Jones, a uh, noted medical expert who will tell me what's going on with this rash I've got uh, and also about her Ryla story. But uh, but yeah, we're uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, I, I do want to bring this up because on the last episode of the Rylacast on the on on the, the the closing segment, you brought up the rail strike that was impending. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we recorded that on Tuesday night. We recorded that on Tuesday night and Friday morning. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think I have the timeline right. Friday morning rail strike solved. The, I'm. I won't. I can. I cannot comment on it. But the timeline, as you have stated it, is correct. At least for a temporary stay, it had been averted. Correct. I'm. I'm not here to claim credit, but I think you, fine listeners, can connect the dots here. <laughs> we talk about it, and it gets solved. It's just how this. That's how this podcast rolls, baby. 
Anyway, um, Josie has the uh, illustrious honor of going first on this week's podcast. And so, Josie, I give you the floor. Well, thank you. And I'm going to take the floor and split it into two sections. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that came out not as I intended. Weird, like but... with a hatchet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do, I do want to thank everyone, um, all you fine listeners and donors, for our very successful North Texas Giving Day campaign. Mm-hmm. I believe this is the first podcast since that concluded. Um, I and I know right. Meg alluded to it, just peeling back the curtain <laughs> even more. Uh, while it's top of mind, just wanted to say thank you all for your generosity. Yeah, um, thanks, guys. We we I saw because one of the big pushes we had was Ryla needs a new trailer, correct? Or at least uh, a trailer upgrade in some sort of way. Yeah, right? yeah, and we we should ask Ken Wilson about that as he was the he was pulling the trailer as the tire decided to blow on the way home from camp. Which, if you mm-hmm. would imagine, a worse time to get a flat tire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yes, it's an upgrade of sorts. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, and so I know that that was one of the big goals that we had and it looked like I didn't check. It looked like we were awfully close to that goal there. I didn't check it at the buzzer, but like, looked like we, we had a pretty nice little, uh, nice, pretty nice little, uh, uh, Texas, uh, Texas, North Texas giving day. We had a, we had a real nice North Texas giving day. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I just awkwardly you trailed go, off you there. You just go on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but now, now here's we're going to get to the meat of everything, the meat of the sandwich. You see what I did there? Um, I, I, I'm, 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 my fench, my fists are clenched. I'm ready to be angry at you screwing this up. Okay, so, so Greg, I know you are an avid reader. Um, of the Harvard Business Review. Oh, it's, you know I am. <laughs> just, I, I'd, I'm just locked in. I'd like to bring just another side of the story. So uh, so I'm a Forbes guy. Ooh. And, and right. my, <laughs> my big segment is an article that uh, I found on Forbes that led mm-hmm. me to From the Green Notebook, which I believe has a military spin but uh we're just going to focus on this article here called the map on the wall Mm -hmm. it was written a couple years ago uh by jack farva curtis so not technically Mm. officer farva but um but very close close. um the commanding officer of a u.s navy uh growler squadron so what you're saying is we're not going to shenanigans (laughs) we're not going to shenanigans okay Uh, but we are off the rails for sure um, uh, and the, the article, I won't read word for word what the article is, but, uh, but the gist is that when he became the commanding officer, he had a map on his wall and it had a bunch of pins and it was, uh, all over the world and people would come in and, you know, ask him, Hey, are the pins where you visited? Are they, you know, other points of interest where you'd like to visit? And he said, those are all great guesses, but but no. And where it, what it turns out to be is that when he has a one-on-one with a member of his squadron, he asks them to put a pin in their hometown on the map. Mm-hmm. And he uses it as a tool to, to teach them that, hey, you know, 
everyone here has come from somewhere and the odds are very high that you don't know anybody um, from where you're from here, but we all have a common goal. And, and then he leads into that common goal and how you should, you know, trust one another who's here and, and have respect for one another. Um, and I think it's a really neat message um, to, especially today when it's so easy for me, I, I, I don't want to generalize, I'll use me to just pull out my phone screen and, um, and mm-hmm. get lost in, in everything that I, that the phone has to offer. But it's very important to kind of look up and, and realize that the people you interact with every day all have different stories. And I know, I know I, I for one hear about it, but it doesn't really click all the time until I'm traveling or, or kind of just looking around. And, and I am fortunate enough to work at a place that has um, a lot of different cultures and I hear different languages kind of throughout the week. And it's always fascinating to me what unites people. And I, I think that's, if there's, if there's a central message that I can bring to this big segment, it's that, you know, we all may be different. A lot of us may be the same, but we're all united in your different groups. I would challenge you to kind of look around and see what you are united for in each of your groups, whether it's work, your relationships outside of work, school, etc. Um, I think it's important not to lose the sight of the fact that we all have different backgrounds and can bring different things to the table. And I think that that's one of, that's a great point. And I think that that's one of the real, um, I think that's one of the real special things about Ryla and specifically the real special thing about camp, because I think that's a lot of, I think that, you know, to bring it back to North Texas giving day, right? Mm -hmm. I was looking at this. And like, I was trying to explain to people like what Ryla is and why to give and stuff like that. And, and they said it was something along the lines of, um, that, that, that Ryla seeks to, um, it, it, to develop a, I've got it right here. Uh, Ryla wrote, I'm reading from the North Texas giving day.org uh, website, or you can go to Ryla5810.org. Um, uh, Ryla Rotary District 5810 seeks to develop a diverse group of servant leaders by instilling lifelong leadership skills and a commitment to service above self. And I would go back to that and just say that, like, I remember when I was in camp 20 years ago, <laughs> uh, when I was in camp, I remember just marveling at the fact that I was like, you know what, this is really in a lot of ways the first time that I've been tossed into a melting pot of like a lot of different people with a lot of different perspective and a lot of different uh, like ways of viewing the world. And yet we all are working towards the same goal. And when people talk about like diversity as strength, I think that's what they're talking about. Mm. If you can get a lot of people with a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different like uh, elements in their guts to, to mm-hmm. use a terrible turn of um, <laughs> topical to, though with Meg or it's a common goal. You're going to get much more. Uh, I think you're going to get a much, a much wider array of ideas and a wider array of solutions in it um, than you would if you had everybody who came from the same place that did the same things that were all working towards the same goal. So I think that that's, that's a, to me, that ties perfectly back into kind of what the the whole ethos of what of what Ryla really is. Yeah, and I, 
it's I I haven't really thought about my as I stumble over my words here. Um, I think about Ryla all the time, but I haven't thought about my camp experience and that that initial rush of feeling way over my head in next to people that I had never interacted with in high school or or that type of person, and then to just um, understand that that mm-hmm. common goal unites us and. Yeah, just like I don't I don't need to reiterate the words you just said, but um yeah, stepping out of your comfort zone to make make the whole footprint bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. Um I think that's I think that's an important lesson to be reminded of. And it's easy to get lost in that, but I think that that's uh that's really it's really critical to remember in everything that we do. Thanks, Josie. That was great. Well, thanks, Greg. Um okay. So now, uh, I, I guess we've already just beaten this dead horse and let you know that we've already talked with Meg. So I can tell you, this is a great interview. Uh, here's a great interview we had uh, with Meg Jones here on the Riley Cast. Oh, Josie. Oh, Greg. You know, I feel safer suddenly here on this podcast i don't know about you i feel like i feel like we're we're gonna be okay like no matter what happens because of who we have on the line i've got a little extra pep in my step if i if i must admit oh i was talking more about like a medical emergency like if it were to break out that we would be okay because we're joined today our guest on the rila cast is our good friend meg jones hi meg jones hi friends how are y'all uh we're great thanks better now well, yeah. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, um, I'm happy to talk with you guys tonight. Let's let's start with this. I I think that your name is like essentially like like you recently got married, and yeah. and if you were to change your name, I feel like that would be personally devastating for me because yeah. I don't I don't know if I would know who you were if you're like hi I'm I'm Meg Bailey I'm like that does that like, I don't know her. Yeah, no, Meg Jones. Like it's my identity. Yeah. It is. And it's, it's, it's weird. Cause not weird. Weird is, has a negative connotation. <laughs> it is, it is, it is interesting to me that you're like, if you were to ask if, if, if someone were to point to you and say, Hey, who is that? They would say, Oh, that's Meg Jones, not Meg. Like, I don't think I've ever heard you only refer to as Meg. Yeah. Meg. It's like, who's that? Who's Meg? Yeah. yeah there's plenty yeah. of Megs, uh, but there's only one Meg Jones. Um, thank you for, for, for hopping on our podcast with us. This is a, this is a real thrill for, for Josie and I, um, no, I'm glad we could sort out my name, the, the name debacle. Well, it, it is. And, and, you know, so it, it, to be clear, I just want to make sure that, you know, lay this out there for people. It's okay if they call you Meg Jones, right? Oh yes. Yeah. Preferred. That's, okay. that's what I am legally. I didn't change my name. So it's still Meg Jones. Okay. No, I, okay. I feel relieved. I have, I have had that. Sorry. Sorry, Greg. I've had that in my brain for probably three years. Like Meg Jones, Meg Jones, Bailey, like, yeah, you may not have been married for three years, but in my brain, I'm like, what's her name? Yeah. Yeah. It's still Meg Jones. Do not worry, Josie. It's still Meg Jones. (laughs) I can, I can sleep soundly tonight. It's very comforting. Um, okay. Meg Jones. Um, we are, uh, we, we usually start these conversations by asking about your Ryla story. And I know I'm, in, I'm, I'm very interested to hear you lay out your Ryla story. Cause I know, uh, it is, it is relatively one of a kind. Um, can you tell us your Ryla story? 
Oh man. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, let's see in 2012, I'm a high school junior, soon to be senior. And I get picked to go to Camp Ryla. It was an awesome experience. Um, I even got home and my parents were like, I'm going to charge you money each time you say Camp Ryla because we're getting sick of it. Um, So it was really, really great for me. I think at the time, camp was so awesome to me because I got to meet people outside of the little small town bubble that I grew up in. Um, I appreciated it because it gave me the opportunity to blend in for the first time, which like, I don't think many people go to camp, like getting like, Oh, finally I get to blend in. But for me, I didn't have to be like the valedictorian or the NHS officer or the cheer captain or all these different things that I was expected to be. I could just be a leader surrounded by other leaders, learning how to grow, learning a lot about myself. And so that's why I loved it so much at the time. Um, After camp, I went to college. I didn't have like the traditional Ryla experience where you become an advisory member and then come back to camp right after your camper year. I I went off to college. I got my degree in nursing. And then um, I think maybe it was 2016, Dana's like, hey, we need a nurse. Are you available? And I'm like, yes, of course. So um, since then, I was, I've been coming back to camp on the medical team, and I've served in a few different roles since then. Um, I've, since then, I've, I've been able to learn from Ryla and those past years on staff that it's not really the blending in that I appreciate, but just learning how to um, be my own version of myself, not everyone else's perfect version of me. Um, so yeah, that's my Ryla story. And, and you know, I, I find it so fascinating because, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of alum, alums who come back to camp and who remain involved with the program you know, they come in and they're just kind of, you know, hey, you know what, we're going to put you in this role or we're going to put you in this role. And and, and you get different experiences kind of, uh, you know, hither and yon, depending on which which uh, camp, you know, which which year you're talking about. But what I find to be really fascinating here is you have you are in such you you are so important and so integral to the operation of camp, like <laughs> literally as one of the most important people at camp. And, and do you feel when you go back to camp, because you do have such a unique and I would say critical role with the operations of camp on the medical team, do you still feel like you get that full camp experience? I've never asked you that in person. And now I'm just no, asking you, you that. Putting you, you I'm just putting, I'm just putting uh, you on the spot here. No, it's good. It's good stuff. So I would love to, hey, I'm putting it all out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to eventually be in the cabin and get to be with like all the campers. But I'll say like my very first year back at camp, getting thrown immediately into the medical team and having such, um, I'd say like an intimate role with campers was really special. Um, And it made me feel like I belonged at camp so much easier. I feel like sometimes people come back to camp and that first or second year, it's hard finding your place, but like immediately had a role, which was really nice. Um, Since then, each year I've, I've been able to connect with campers that may need a little bit 
more help or motivation or um, even just a friend. And I feel like that's been really special. Um, I've gotten to connect with the campers that may need just a little bit more help in camp. Um, I get emotional just thinking about those like specific campers that I've built those closer relationships with at camp. But I'd say I'm really thankful for the role that I've gotten to play. And I think it's a, a little bit more special to me because of those relationships. So it's, it's interesting to me that you say, yeah, I, I, again, um, definitely come on this podcast to put out where you would like to be in yeah. camp. This is a, this in, in the program. Yeah. This is a manifestation podcast. <laughs> okay, fine. Good. Okay. I'm actively campaigning. <laughs> but at, as you explain, um, kind of how you get to interact with each camper, you're kind of like the overall camps counselor. <laughs> So I just wanted to put that in. I don't know if you've ever thought of yourself that way. I haven't. I've never thought of it like that. No. Um, but I guess speaking speaking of the program and your your role at camp, how do you use Ryla in your career? Or uh, maybe back up a little bit. And what do you do? As yeah, what do yeah. you do? On, uh, on the daily. Okay, yeah. So um, I'm very passionate about my career. If y'all ever met me, you would know that. But um, I started out as a registered nurse right out of college. I worked in the emergency room for, um, well, a total of five years, some in adult ER, then peds ER, and then I did pediatric ER and trauma. And that was awesome. Um in 2020, the year of COVID, I graduated nurse practitioner school and started as a family nurse practitioner right in the middle of the pandemic. Lots of fun. And then um, now I'm working as a family nurse practitioner in primary care. So what that means is that I am someone's PCP, which is really cool. It means I'm someone's primary care provider. So anytime anyone needs to come get like their annual physical or they need their blood pressure managed or they have abdominal pain and they want to go see their doctor, I am the person that they go see. Um, and so it's it's really cool to get to be that person in someone's life. And it's really awesome to see like all of the tools that Ryla has taught me get to play an important role in each patient's visit and in each patient's life. So I want to go back because you were, there's, Obviously, you you are a uh, somebody in the in the healthcare industry, so you have a strong stomach for this. Mm -hmm. uh, and yet, at the same time, like you mentioned, like for example, you said you're in pediatric ER. I've got to be honest; I don't know how much money you make, but there is not enough money in the world that could send me into a pediatric ER. Like you know, now maybe that's just because I've got two kids, and I'm like, you know, they've had like very small medical things. And even then I'm freaking out. Like we found out our, our youngest is allergic to eggs now. And so I'm like, mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, where's the EpiPen? Like at all times. Yeah. So like I'm, I'm interested and this is not even like a Ryla question, but like how you manage your emotions. Cause you're in knowing you, you're somebody who has a ton, you, you, you're overflowing with, with empathy. And, and that feels like there is, there's so, it's so hard to see that crossover between doing that and doing, having that much empathy and having that hard of a job. And I'm interested if, if you could shed any light on how you manage that. Yeah. So, um, specifically pediatric ER trauma that like to this day, I think probably for the rest of my life will be my favorite job, my most rewarding job, mm. but also my most challenging job every day 
and when I worked nights, every night was something different. You never really knew it was going to walk in. And instead of it happening to like, I don't know, an old grumpy 50-year-old man, it was happening to, I don't know, a five-year-old little girl. And it was much more um, heartbreaking, much more um, emotional. But it was also like when you saw the happy stuff, it was that much more meaningful too. Um there were lots of negatives, but there was lots of positives. And kids are really freaking strong, which is one of my favorite things when I worked with kiddos was how strong they were and how much hope there was. Um, you know, even like we'd have kids that would come into the emergency room and they'd be diagnosed with cancer. And one of my favorite things that the doctors that I would work with would say would be, if you don't hear anything else from this, I want you to know that there is hope. And that was really just what the entire like pediatric ER trauma experience was with the, there was a lot of hope, um, lots of feelings, lots of bad stuff, but lots of positives and lots of hope coming out of it. Wow. Um, no, that's great. I, uh, Josie works on the railroad. So same, (laughs) (laughs) same, um, all the live long day. Uh, no. Um, so I, I hear you talk about hope. Is there, is there something I can only imagine your, your experiences, but do you balance kind of your, your work life with your outside of work life? If that even exists, you know, is there some kind of a, a yin and yang or are you just always locked in? Well, so like to be completely candid, there's a reason that I'm not doing pediatric ER anymore. Like, you know, there was a moment when I'm like, yeah, I can't do this for the rest of my life or I will be completely crazy. It is. It's hard on the soul. I loved my time, but there was a moment and I was like, look, I've got to go back to school and do something different because I can't do this for the rest of my life. And I especially probably can't have kids and then be treating dying babies all night so Mm. there to be Mm. completely candid there was a moment when i was like yeah no things gotta change um but yeah there is and i will say with my new job there is a really really nice work-life balance with that um but yeah you you i you gotta leave it at work and then when you get back to work the next morning you you have to dial in you plug in and that's all that really matters are your patients but then you have to come home and you have to unplug or burn out it's a real thing okay so again we're on a real heater here on the show of um, <laughs> of talking to um people who uh, are in rila marriages okay you're in a you're in a rila marriage <laughs> yeah um, yeah uh with uh with uh, i forget his name i want to say it's a letter i want to say k yeah, very oh, close. Oh, very close. Now, Jay Bailey um, is is your your husband, and I'm interested in. Uh, you know, I, I asked this to I don't know who I asked this to a couple of weeks ago, uh, but would you recommend a Ryla marriage to a friend? <laughs> I w- would highly recommend. Ten out of ten. Okay. It's uh, it's been great. It's been fun. Okay. Well, good. Josie, do you want to ask her to plug something? Yeah, so so now, as an avid listener of this podcast, I'm sure, Meg, you're aware that um, now is the time we ask our um, interviewees to plug something. Could be a book, podcast, website, or yourself, uh, but, but the floor is yours. Take it okay. away. I knew this was coming, and I'm still not prepared. Um, okay, so if I was on, like, any other podcast if i was cool enough to be on anyone else's podcast um wait I would, wait I, I hold on wait what are you saying i'm not that cool greg 
I'm I'm so just are not. you are you accusing us of scraping the bottom of the barrel for guests? No, like, I'm offended. Honestly, I, I'm the one I'm, who booked you. I'm baffled <laughs> that y'all would book me in the first place. No. So if I was talking to anyone else, I would probably plug Ryla, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna plug Ryla. We'll keep that trend going. Um, to quote my good friend Travis Craig, Ryla's really cool because it always shows up exactly when you need it. But the other side of that equation is showing up when Ryla needs you. Um, and I that does not I know that North Texas Giving Day just happened and that doesn't necessarily mean like monetarily giving to Ryla, but that means giving your time, helping um others when they need it, showing up for someone when they need you. The cool thing about Ryla is that when you get knocked down or when you're struggling, um, Ryla helps pick you up and then it's your turn to lean in and start helping others up too. Um, so that's my plug. Volunteer, help when we need it. Um, you can give monetarily that's acceptable too, but, um, give what it's given you. Okay. Um, and, and finally we'll round out this interview with the most important question, which is what are we going to do about these Sooners? Ugh, I don't know. What are we going to do about these Sooners? I know. I don't have any words. I will we'll cross our fingers for TCU this week. It's, it's tough. Um, I mean, you know, good. Sorry. If, if we can on the, the, th- the hope theme, that oh. UT OU game is going to be something, huh? Mm-hmm. OU Texas weekend. Yeah. It uh-huh. will be something. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll just be- cross our fingers <laughs> and hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know you are, we, it's, it's funny. I would say that we have, Obviously, the number one most repped and most uh, vocal uh, uh, allegiance at camp is Aggies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say OU's probably second. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a handful of y'all. Y'all are not shy board, about it. It's, it's definitely pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. Well, okay. You said that. I'm only going to agree with it. Um, <laughs> she's Meg Jones, uh, and uh, she's out there saving lives. Uh, I'm just writing about 16 year old quarterbacks and Josie's just working all the live long day, but she's out there fixing bones and healing wounds and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. th- that's exactly that. I got that right. <laughs> I got, yes, that is my job. Uh, Meg Jones. Thanks for being our guest. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks once again to Meg Jones, our guest on this week's Ryla cast. Um, I, 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 like I said on the interview, I feel safer when she's around. I feel like she's going to like, everything will be okay when Meg's around. Mm-hmm. She has that, she has that bedside manner, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I didn't and know she, she was a PCP. Uh, I did not know she was a PCP either. I learned something. I didn't want to shout that out loud. Like, Oh my gosh. Like whenever she said it, but like, that's how, that's what was going on inside. Right. Anyway, we appreciate Meg Jones being our guest. All right, we're going to the bullpen, and we're bringing in the closer. And the closer this week is me, and I have a seven eighty four ERA. So don't expect anything good. Let's just try to get out of here. Can we have Timmy Timmy trumpets? Is that? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're playing narco. Actually, um, I'm sorry, I, I keep interrupting you. Um, based now that we've had the interview with Meg. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I forgot to ask when, and I didn't want to ruin her. You can call her, her back. Well, that's true. <laughs> I didn't know if if the the band Chumba Wumba 
would land. Are you familiar with Chumbawamba? Sir. <laughs> Am I familiar with Chumbawamba? Is the Pope Catholic? Yes, of course I'm familiar with Chumbawamba. When Meg said um, something along the lines of, when you get knocked down, you just got to get up again. I was fist pumping the air. <laughs> Chumbawamba. But I didn't want to ruin her moment. You but were, I wanted you it were about to ask her if she wanted a whiskey drink or a vodka drink or a cider <laughs> yes. drink or a lager drink. Uh, sing a song that reminds her of the good times. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, yes. yes. I'm familiar with Chumbawamba's body of work. Anyway, time for the closer. And that's me. So we're recording this on on uh, Tuesday, September 27th, as we just give you the whole idea of what this whole podcast does, like the entire inner workings. This is exactly how the sausage is made. <laughs> like we're giving you the exact <laughs> recipe. Anyway, and one of the big things in the news this week, Josie, uh, have you been watching the weather? I, I have, okay. but uh, I'm not sure it's the weather you're about to describe. So the weather is not uh, like it, it seems like here in North Texas, things are probably going to be OK. Hopefully it'll cool off. I am of the opinion that uh, that we need to have a name for whenever uh, fall fakes you out here in Texas. And mm. I would like to propose fraud. Oh, I like that. Fraud. Anyway. OK. Uh, you know, that's uh, trademark Greg Tupper and the Rylacast. Anyway, um, all that is to say, I want to talk about the weather that's going on over in Florida. Cause, uh, cause there's big, there's big weather rolling in. Uh, I believe it's, is it hurricane Ian? Ian. Yes. Ian. There has not been a hurricane Greg that I can remember of any sort of note in my lifetime. And I've got to be honest, I'm really happy about that. <laughs> I'm always I, like, I'm like, remember like Katrina rolled in and like devastated new Orleans and all like one of the things I thought was like, man, it would be terrible to be named Katrina right now. Mm hmm. You know, like if Hurricane Josie comes in, oh, buddy, that is like, true. The, yeah, I don't have the same the same experience as you with Hurricane Andrew. Oh, um, that's right. Mm. But uh, but that's why you start going by Josie. That's why I started going by Josie. <laughs> anyway, um, so there's there's big weather that's going to roll in. It's a it's a it looks like it's going to be a Category Four hurricane by the time it hits uh, Florida, and, and certainly we hope that ever. I hope it I hope it dissipates. I hope it goes away forever. But I want to ask you a question because there's almost certainly going to be some sort of crisis in Florida. And we hope it's a very minor crisis, obviously. But there's going to be a crisis almost, you know, from, from a natural disaster. And I think this brings up the real, a really interesting question when dealing with, um, when dealing with uh, leadership in crisis. Is it more important to make decisions quick or make make decisions precisely, mm. and and I do think that it's it there there is certainly a trade off there. Like there's definitely a trade off that you have to make uh, between speed and pre precision. I think that you know this is it's one of the things that the situation is going to change quickly, and I think there's an argument for both sides. Um, on one hand, I do think that I, I think there has to be a, a kind of a balance of those types of decisions. Obviously, if there's people's lives who are in, at risk, speed takes priority regardless. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's got to be the number one thing. Right. But um, I, I do I do think that we have like the, the leadership world, the leadership like biosphere. I think that they've gotten a little bit too worried about the idea of like analysis or paralysis by analysis. 
of like, mm-hmm. oh, we're all going to sit around with our calculators and figure out the best idea and, and, and then important times ticking off the clock. I just don't think that happens. I think we can walk and chew gum at the same time in a lot of ways. And 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 so in, in a lot of ways, I do think, especially with finite resources in a crisis, you want to be smart with them. You don't want to go out there and just throw it you know, willy-nilly and get it out as quickly as possible. I think you want to be smart. But I do think that that's something certainly I'm going to be watching from leaders um, in over the next week or so. Hopefully, again, hopefully this is a nothing burger and this is a dumb segment on a podcast you'll never listen to again. <laughs> but I do wonder, I'm going to be watching how do how do leaders balance making decisions quickly versus making decisions precisely because i do think that ultimately that's that's what you end up being judged on you don't you either end up being judged being too slow or not sending thing or not doing the right thing at the right time and and so this is a real challenge i think for leaders you know whenever you're faced with a crisis like this and it's always it's always an interesting um interesting kind of it's interesting to watch the tape back you know what i mean to borrow a football phrase to watch the tape back and 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 take a look at at how these leaders reacted because there is a trade-off between speed and precision in a situation like this yeah and especially now with all the data and Mm -hmm. real-time information we can get um yeah like we know the hurricane's coming right (laughs) right like we're pretty sure the hurricane's gonna hit uh, like tampa and stuff like that so uh, certainly, we hope everything's going to be okay in Florida, but that's something I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Anyway, um, that's all that was, I got. Do you got anything you want to say to to, to people? The the floor is yours. If you want to just kind of you know riff. No, that was a that was a great that was a great segment. I How too I do want to echo echo the I, sentiments. Yeah, yeah. It's it'll be you know unfortunately it'll be a tough week for some for some people, but hopefully uh, as few people as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, are you worried? Does Clemson play this week? Are you worried the game's going to get postponed? So uh, Clemson gets game day this weekend, which ooh, I think it's fascinating. Now a couple years ago, I don't know if you remember the affectionately called "Bring Your Own Guts" game between Notre Dame and Clemson was played during a, a tropical storm. Um, it's interesting to see what's the deciding factor of canceling some, a a large mass such as college game day. Well, and, and you've seen, so there's already been a number of games in Florida that have been postponed. So SMU, Mm -hmm. and I know there, uh, there's a couple of SMU people probably listening. Uh, SMU's already moved their game to Sunday. So finally a team from Mm -hmm. Dallas playing on Sunday. Um, (laughs) so the, you know, uh, so so there are some games that are being moved. Um, that's interesting because you're right. Because college game day is a that's a behemoth. That's mm-hmm. a that's a that's a that's a carnival that rolls into town. And yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, I'm feeling good about DJ Uigalele. I thought he played his best game as a Clemson Tiger last week. This is a Clemson podcast, by the way. It's, it's a Clemson podcast. It's a it's a. Uh, I'll say it's Don't a Mizzou pod. No, you you. <laughs> We're not talking about okay. that. If you want to go listen, if you want to go watch my, uh, I do another podcast for my big boy job. It's called Texas Football Today. If you want to go watch the Monday show from Stem to Stern, I spent the first six minutes ranting about how Mizzou played the dumbest college football game in modern history. <laughs> so anyway, you can go listen to that. That's going to do it for us. We do thank you for be, uh, for spending a little bit of your day uh, with us. Uh, we hope you will rate and subscribe to this podcast. And by the way, we need to tell people about the, uh, about the, the website. What's the website? Yes, the website. I'm glad you brought that up, Greg. It is www. 
Ryla5810.org. Ryla5810.org. The org is short for organ because we like music. And so it's Ryla5810.org. Uh, we, we hope that you will rate and subscribe to this podcast and you'll tell a friend about this podcast and here with an antiquated way of telling a friend about the Ryla cast is Josie. Yes. And, uh, you know, those, those credit card, um, machines, the old school, when you had to like imprint on the paper. Wow. You gotta go like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I need you to create a raised card that says, listen to the Ryla cast and then go get one of those machines and do like the do do. And then what just leave is that those. called? That's an That's excellent a- question. And tune in next time. <laughs> <laughs> That's an ender. I can't do better than that. We'll talk to you next time on the Rylocast. Cast.